We're live. We're live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Sober Grind. Sober Grind. As always, my name is Austin Armstrong, joined by my amazing co-host, Pej. And today, we have another awesome, hopefully helpful, hopefully interesting, hopefully we get some of your engagement, engagement uh, topic about... Alcohol. Alcohol. We're going to talk about alcohol. King alcohol. King alcohol. Everything about it. And why do we call it king alcohol? What it is, what it does, what king alcohol means. I don't know why. Because alcohol is one of the biggest killers. That's true. More people die from drunk driving accidents, alcohol poisoning. Sure. um, Seizures as a result of trying to quit drinking. Yeah, withdrawal is pretty nasty Withdrawal is nasty. You need to have a proper detoxification. Yeah. What up, Eric? What's what's up, Eric? Anybody that's watching, uh, let us know your thoughts. Let us know where you're watching from. Uh, if we say anything that maybe is controversial or really connects with you, we would love to hear your thoughts. If you have any opinions on alcohol, alcoholism, treatment for alcohol, what it was like, share your experience, mm-hmm. let us know. We would love to hear it. Yes. So let's get started with, where do you want to, where do you want to get started? What, why do you, I think alcohol is introduced here in America super early in age. Do you think that has anything to do with why it's such a common problem? I mean, it's introduced legally. No, it's not introduced. In legally, age. no. Yeah, but, you're you supposed know, to be 21 school, to drink, but people are drinking to. at a very young age. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are getting it from their parents. Uh, mm-hmm. Alcohol, the, the bars, liquor the liquor cabinets, yep. things like that. I did it. And then there's kids that are sitting outside of stores and having people go inside and buy them liquor. Yeah. Or beer, we, or doing beer runs, or filling a shopping cart up and just walking right out of the store. Sure, sure. Yeah, and uh, I, I remember in, in um, even as early as middle school, but in high school, there was a, a little uh, pizza shop mm-hmm. in our in our town, right. and we'd go there at, uh, at 10 o'clock at night uh, when it was pretty died down. There's yeah. nothing there, and we, uh, we'd, we'd pay these guys money, and they'd right. go to the liquor store, and they'd come back, and they'd... No, I mean, it's a bunch of kids. Alcohol is easily accessible. Yeah, it's it's uh, after prohibition and everything. Alcohol became legally, you know, you could buy it in stores, like as opposed to <clears> have, yeah. have to distribute moonshine illegally and right. things like that, like they did back in the day when prohibition was going on. Yeah. So Side note: My there. girlfriend's actually doing a prohibition themed uh, LA crawl thing. Oh, I'd love to hear of, about yeah, that. Yeah, super interesting. Okay. So I'm learning a ton about prohibition. Yeah, fascinating. But yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, a lot of people think that um, that opiates are a major epidemic in our country, mm-hmm. which really they are, mm-hmm. right? But where is it stemming from? Mm-hmm. Where, is, where is this addiction to other addictions stemming from? Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that if you're an alcoholic, it's different than being an addict. There's a lot of, people, there's a lot of debate amongst uh, alcoholics of what's a real alcoholic and mm. um, uh, addictions different than being an alcoholic. Right. In other words, so you're not addicted to alcohol. Like you're. This is my belief system: is is that if you do something too many times, more than once, mm-hmm. you might become addicted to it. Sure. But depending on what it is, it can go with the gym. It can go with eating dessert. It can go with uh, doing drugs. It can go with drinking alcohol. If a person's drinking regularly, like daily, like a daily drinker, they're addicted to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like there's no question in my mind. Like you're addicted to alcohol. You you drink all the time. It's not like, and sure, some people, they try to stop and um, they will have short intervals, you know, until they, they stop, but then they find themselves drinking again. That happens too. So alcohol is, is a major problem. 
On top of it all, when people are under the influence of alcohol, to be drunk is a whole different feeling. It's it's yeah. like, sure, there's hallucinogens where you're in La La Land and seeing visuals and things like that. There's marijuana, which has you feel a certain way. There's heroin, which has you feel a certain way. Alcohol, being drunk, being belligerently drunk or just drunk, inebriated, is a whole different feeling. And yeah. trying to operate a vehicle in that type of condition is a major no-no because um, a lot of accidents or people are more susceptible to accidents doing that than they are um, some other drugs for example yeah totally agree yeah. Uh, we just got a question from Danielle hi Danielle thank you so much uh, she says how certain uh, and statistics of alcohol and alcoholism being genetically linked that's a very good question so as far as genetics goes I remember when I was going to school for drug and alcohol studies um, they say that now it has been proven that alcoholism is genetically linked, right? Interesting. It, it's okay. as opposed to addiction, where I don't believe maybe at this time now there's you always you always kind of hear that like predisposed to addiction, right? So there's a lot of people, uh, and it can skip generations, I believe too. But but I I know that yeah. uh, studies have proven that alcohol. Like for example, there was. A kid that was uh, put up for adoption yeah. and never had any contact with his dad for mm -hmm. many, 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 many years. And mm -hmm. the kid became a full-blown alcoholic. Mm -hmm. When he finally went back and grew up and like tried to seek out his father, he was in recovery, sought out his father. He comes to find out that the man who he ever knew as being his father, who that person was, was a full-blown alcoholic too. Wow. So, can it be genetically linked? Absolutely. Is Does it happen in all cases? Maybe not. You know, mm -hmm. I mean... For one, in my family, for example, I my parents were not alcoholics. They were yeah. not addicts either, right? However, my grandfather from the old country was an opium addict. So mm. and so I had other addictions and some opiates were involved in that, but definitely, you know, drinking and using was uh, I did it just like my grandpa did and I've never met the man in my life. Do you that that's very interesting you, you, you bring that up. So if you are predisposed through genetics to addictive personality mm -hmm. traits, do you think it is more commonly than not uh, the same drug being used? Or do you think you're just more susceptible to being addicted to anything? So if you have if your grandpa or your dad or mother, father, whatever, mm. are were alcoholics, right. you have a generation of alcoholics. Does that necessarily mean that you're going to be an alcoholic? Not, or necessi could you not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I think addiction? that in this day and age, you know, we could become addicted to gaming. Sure. But it's not like my father was playing video games. There were no video games. Okay. Yet, so right? so when, when it comes to, to alcoholism mm -hmm. uh, and alcoholics, uh, I think because it's a substance and because that might sit better with me. Like, there's some people that don't like alcohol. They'll have a, a, a glass or two of Chablis, and they're yeah. like, I'm getting tipsy, I'm done. I'm going to just go ahead and put that down. However, when you're, there's a lot of rage and anger within a family system, and the father's always angry, and he knows that if he has a few drinks, it'll take the edge off, yeah. well, then his son might follow in his footsteps. I mean, it's especially like if you see dad doing it, or you have a couple of beers with dad, and dad's an alcoholic, most likely, you may have a lot of the same problems because after all, you came from that dad, yeah. right? And then you try to take that into your family system too. And what do you do when you get home from work? To take a few, you know, take an edge off, have a few beers or have a few drinks. And, and then, you know, the, the rage is either put at bay or the rage is intensified. Mm. So, uh, you know, I think it varies with different people. I don't think that everyone is going to become an alcoholic because their family members are. 
I've, I've sit in a lot of rooms where we talk about alcoholism and then people that are alcoholics. And sometimes I'll hear people say, I come from a family of alcoholics. I didn't come from a family of alcoholics. Yeah. I did come from a family of addicts, everybody except for my parents. But then again, their addiction was to us. You know, they were addicted to us, like the kids, pure codependency. Mm -hmm. Another unique thing about alcohol in general is that it's a cultural phenomenon. Right. Even more so than marijuana weed. Particularly because it's the only major drug that's being abused that is over the top being advertised and discussed well, constantly. Let, let's talk about that. So when you say being abused, so there's not everybody is abusing alcohol. Sure. Alcohol comes in many different shapes and forms. Mm -hmm. When it comes in the drinking form, mm -hmm. there's different versions of it. There's obviously there's beer. Mm -hmm. There's uh, wine. There's whiskey, there's hard liquor, you know? So um, often the advertisers will put that, put it up on a board and make it yeah. look enticing, like to the sure. point where it looks tantalizing. You want to taste that, like where yeah. it's glistening off the bottle or it's glistening off the cup or, or you see the beer overflowing and you just get that, like yeah. your mouth I mean, starts just, to salivate. I just watched the Super Bowl and mm -hmm. I don't know if you did or not, but yes, I did. obviously it's the most watched sporting event in yes. the entire country. Yep, yep. Uh, there, the majority of, of those commercials are alcohol based because they know people, they know that their fans are watching yeah. fan, football sure. fans are watching that. What yeah. are they doing? They're eating hot dogs, yeah. hamburgers, and having alcohol. Right. The majority. So, what, so but not. But everyone, you don't even see these ads for smoking anymore. Well, I don't not know, as much. Not as much, but they're still there. Sure. And so, you don't see any marijuana ads. So so. Alcohol alcohol is meant to be soci socially drank. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what they don't, you know, the intention supposedly behind distributing alcohol on a national level isn't so that people mm -hmm. will go out and uh, get sloshed and become belligerent and then oh, of course not. get into fights yeah. and then crash a car and right. put people's lives at risk. That's not the intention. Sure. They know people are going to do that, though. Yeah. Just like the cigarette companies know that people are going to smoke and get lung cancer, but they will not admit it. So they give you that little warning with the little label on the side. Right. So same goes with alcohol. So they... It's it's made for it's produced and made for people to to buy and consume and enjoy mm -hmm. in a social aspect. If you can drink enough and have some good laughs, then alcohol has served its purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, if you drink so much until you run your life into the ground and your whole family is backing away from you, Justin and, says he loves you. I love you too, and your whole family's pushing away from you and, and you've ran the whole family into the ground with your alcoholism, well then alcohol has not served its perfect purpose. Right. It's defeated its purpose. Mm -hmm. You just lost the light. Yeah. Now you don't see That's the shine on my head. We're dark. We're in the dark. I'm already That's dark. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about alcohol a little bit. So um, in some settings where we actually identify our alcoholism and being an alcoholic. So I can mm -hmm. say this safely. Like I'm an alcoholic. I did not think I was an alcoholic for a long mm. time. So another thing is, is that um, I, you know, it's, I'll, I'd like to believe that I wasn't an alcoholic for a long time. Why is that? It's because I drank. I love the effect that was produced by alcohol. I would, when I would drink, which is very often, all throughout my, like, more adolescent and young adulthood, we drank. We drank. Mm -hmm. It was a social thing to do. 
And when we would do other drugs, it would enhance that. But there was a sure. period of at the time where I just drank. Mm-hmm. Both in the beginning, when I first started drinking, and in the end, before when I quit all other drugs, I was just drinking. Now, mm-hmm. why did I? Why was I justifying in my mind that I'm not an alcoholic? Because I had friends that drank much more than me, would overshoot the mark, yeah. would have DUIs, would go to jail for drinking and driving, you know, would um, would crash cars. I, I crashed cars. I never did it when I was drinking, though. Mm-hmm. I for some reason I. I felt like I could drink better. So I thought, like, those guys need to get help for their alcoholism. Right. I'm not an alcoholic. So I will, you know, I'll go through this, this thought process where I think I'm not so bad. But in reality, uh, when I drink alcohol, I become bodily and mentally different than my fellows. Mm-hmm. In other words, like, I'll go, let's say I go out for a few drinks with some friends. A few drinks. Mm-hmm. My friends may have the few What's What's a few? A couple is two. Yeah, three and anything, is three. <laughs> three, is right. f- three is a few, right? right sure. Anything above three is a few. Uh, I think anything over 10 is a lot, and then anything over 15 is too many, right? right. <laughs> so what yeah, I would that, go, 10 drinks is a lot. It's a lot. I'm it's, also a 20. Have you ever heard the term, I'll drink you under the table? Sure. There, you've heard that term, right? Oh, yeah. There's people that will drink people under the table because they can keep going and going and going and going. Me... When I would drink, uh, it was because I love the effect that's produced by alcohol. It wasn't to taste it. Mm. It wasn't to enjoy the type of bottle it came in. It wasn't. It was definitely for the experience. It was definitely for the social in the social setting, the type of environment that I could surround. Me. I could go to nightclubs. Mm-hmm. I can go to house parties. I could stay at home with a, a friend and have a bottle of wine, right? But the point was is to make the mood and the aura of the room content. Mm. It, comfortable, you know. Sometimes elegant, mm-hmm. like where we're we're sipping glasses of wine, which I really didn't do a lot of that. I was more taking shots of whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. But to go out with like a group of friends to a nightclub, go right up to the bar, order our drinks, have them come out on a platter, have all of the shots lined up, and that well, the second I start putting the first one in me, I'm off to the races. Mm. Now I, now it's maybe my friends are having a few. Some of them were a lot like me. A few was never enough. I'll just and, and then when you start mixing drinks, wee, that's <laughs> like you just go into it. You know, mm-hmm. before you know it, I would fun, I would black out often mm-hmm. and not know what I did and not mm-hmm. know how I acted. I was belligerent sometimes. Sometimes I was not. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes sure. I'd uh, wake up in strange places. So yeah. I literally woke up in gutters, like a gutter, mm. because my friends that were, they were over it. They were like, we, we yeah. can't deal with this guy. Yeah. Uh, in Mexico, I would drink down there. Mm. Uh, some episode would happen where I didn't remember much of it. Federalities got involved in it. Next thing you know, I wake up in a jail cell in Mexico and oh, dirt ter- floors and a rat and a cockroach sure. going right by my foot. And I'm thinking, and you got a hangover on top of it, which yeah. is the worst. Yeah. You know, hangovers for alcohol is bad. But I'm bodily and mentally different than my fellows. My fellows can have a few. Mm-hmm. And they will be okay. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to keep doing it repetitively every single day. I will have a few and I have just begun. I must do more and more and more of that. Mm. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, we have a comment here from Frank, Frank Lucas. Lucas. I was warned from a young age about my genetic deep predisposition to alcoholism. I was described in court at 16 years old as a functioning alcoholic, being able to function with a 0.2 BAC, 
Fast forward to when I was 27 and drove myself to the hospital to get stitches with a 0.4 BAC. The progressiveness of it doesn't stop until I die. I'm an alcoholic to the core of my being. I've done every drug every way possible, but all those addictions stem from my alcoholism. Love you guys and thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Frank, for sharing your experience. So when he talks about a functioning alcoholic, so I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. He's such a great guy. I, um, I too, for a long time, was having delusional thinking where I, where I thought I was an actual um, functioning alcoholic or a functioning addict, for that matter, too. Yeah. And the reason was because because I thought I could drive. Mm -hmm. I thought I could get from point A to point B. There was no such thing as Uber back then for you to like, sure. actually um, have... Uh, to be able to cheat yourself from coming to the conclusion that you're an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. A lot of people take Ubers these days because they won't drink and drive. To get from yeah. one place to the other, not really realizing that you're still an alcoholic, dude. Right. Like you might not be crashing your car or putting people at risk on the street, but you're still ingesting alcohol and still putting your liver at you know mm -hmm. at risk. You're still you, you still have the if you drink too much, you get you get cirrhosis of the liver quite often, right? Can can you reverse that? Can you reverse it? Yeah. Getting cirrhosis? Yeah. Depends. I have some friends that are going through it right now. It depends how bad you are. You know, it mm. depends on how much you have damaged your liver. Mm. I've seen um, somebody sitting on a detox bed mm -hmm. that was drinking rubbing alcohol uh, mm. and also uh, hand sanitizer mm. and also, what else oh, was the man, other that one? That must be rough getting down. Mouthwash. Oof. So yeah. they had been ingesting all of these different things, justifying in their own mind that they're not drinking real alcohol. But yeah. that only lasted so long, and then they actually drank vodka. So yeah. when they're sitting on a detox bed, and the doctor gave them, told them, look, this is what's happening to your liver, and you're going to die. Mm -hmm. So can you reverse it? The person stopped drinking. They're okay. I don't know uh, what's going on with their liver, if they mm -hmm. ever really reversed it. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the yeah. answer to that question. But I do know that um, people do get better. But yeah. I know that if you've done enough damage, then... You're going to experience uh, a lot of long-term medical conditions. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you are a, say, functioning alcoholic, yes. and you want to quit, whether go to a rehab center or something, what is the detox process like? For detox process for alcohol, alcohol can be just a number of days. Okay. The point is... is I've heard it's pretty rough. It can be rough. It depends on how how much how you much, been, how much you've been yeah. drinking. So people have DTs, delirium tremens, where, yeah. where they'll mm -hmm. have hallucinations. Um, it's not pretty. You you need yeah. to be. You can have seizures. You can mm -hmm. seize up and die in a, in mm. withdrawal wow. from alcohol. So you definitely need to go somewhere where you are monitored, where you're given the proper medications, yeah. and where where you get to have some resting time for yourself to get off of it. You know, I I know that um, I've watched somebody go into a center where they weren't doing a proper detox and they actually had to give the guy, mm. they had to detox him with alcohol. Well, that's what I was going to ask is yeah. what what medications are, are used in a, in assisting in that detox process or do you have to like wean down? I believe there's seizure medications definitely. And, okay. Yeah. So cold turkey but with help from, from specific medications? Cold turkey if you're doing it on your own? No, 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 no. If I don't recommend If you're it. in a facility. If you're in a facility, you're going to be monitored, you go see a doctor, mm -hmm. they prescribe you the proper right. medication and then they, they wean you off. Gotcha. I don't think in, in detox they wean you off with alcohol. Right. They have right. other substitutes. What, yeah. 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 Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. What else do you want to talk about on this topic? Well 
There's a lot we could get into. We've talked a lot about this before. We also, if uh, for those watching, listening, we're going to be doing a standalone uh, video uh, that'll come out in the next couple of days as well with, uh, with some more information specifically on alcohol. Uh, so check that out and keep an eye out for that on the Beginnings Treatment Center's YouTube page. Right. But what else? This is what I can talk about. So I, I don't know if it'll be controversial or not or if anyone's even watching or cares, but let's talk about, you know. A bunch of ears just perked up. The fact, okay, so the fact of the matter is, is that there are these organizations out there that mm. are twelve-step organizations. One mm. of them is called Alcoholics Anonymous. Sure. And all twelve-step organizations originated from Alcoholics Anonymous. That would mm -hmm. be the grandfather of it all. Mm -hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous was started by a guy named Bill Wilson mm -hmm. and another guy named Dr. Bob Smith, and they were in. Um, Bill one Dug. was in Ohio, and that's right, <laughs> Bill Dud. One was in Ohio, and one was out of. He, was a stockbroker hmm. in New York, but both of them originated originally were born in Vermont. Hmm. They just happened to cross paths later on in life. So they went to this. Uh, one of them went to a hospital where people were trying to be treated for alcoholism and drugs, and um, they were not able to stay sober. So they, they there, there's a book that was written by Bill Wilson named Alcoholics Anonymous. In the very front of the book. After the forewords, there's a section called The Doctor's Opinion. Mm. And they had an actual doctor, Dr. Silkworth, write uh, and compile information in why he approves the literature that goes into Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. So what he did that for was to basically say, um, <clears throat> I've tried, we've tried as doctors to treat alcoholics that keep coming into our care, um, but unfortunately, we've failed. And we can, due to the fact that we don't have the, the proper uh, tools in doing that, we have seen that the one thing that happened was that one person came back to this hospital and shared their experience with another person, and they had the, the proper tools that they learned, which are spiritual tools, in order to uh, get to a place where they could help, one alcoholic could help another, and they could stay sober. So that's where it originated. So when Dr. Bob, who was suffering from alcoholism, uh, was approached by Bill Wilson, the two of them came together and they created this program called Alcoholics Anonymous. This was in the 30s, in the 1930s. Now, it's evolved. It's, it's grown. It's massive. Uh, two million pe plus people have stayed sober as uh, a result mm. of going wow. to Alcoholics Anonymous. So, so a lot of treatment centers across America, um, obviously when they bring people into treatment, well, there's a lot of different addictions that they're coming in for. Yeah you don't see a lot of alcoholics going to treatment anymore. Hmm. And when you do, I'm talking like straight up alcoholics. Like, right. like they didn't do anything but drink, right? Mm -hmm. When you do, they're often more in their 30s and 40s and 50 and up, you know, years of age. Sure. Every so often you'll get somebody who's just an alcoholic. They haven't experimented with other drugs. But the treatment centers are sending... The majority of the clients are being sent to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings because they're so readily available, mm. right? So then these people that may have just had an addiction to pills or things like that are being sent to AA, right? To Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and so you have a lot of people in those meetings that um, come from a place of uh, I'm an alcoholic and I don't want to say superiority, but... Like, you are probably in the wrong place. And mm. they will start to 
down taught people and made people doubt themselves and mm. and see we don't know who is what mm. everybody has their own story right. and when people go into treatment sure maybe primarily they've been using heroin or meth and that's really what's like digging their grave like just they're running their life into the ground as a as a result of doing extensive drug using right so they go to aa and suddenly they identify as an alcoholic and an addict Mm. And somebody t shoots them down and says, you don't talk that way here. Go to another program. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't go to the other program. They absolutely yeah. should. But if they're an alcoholic and they have been they have drank in the past and they have alcoholism and they actually get into the book of Alcoholics Anonymous with somebody else and they identify their own alcoholism, in my own personal experience, no one should tell me what I am. And yeah. it even says it in the book. Mm -hmm. It says in the book, we do not pronounce somebody else alcoholic. Mm. We, they, uh, an alcoholic needs to diagnose themselves. Mm. I don't think that a lot of people that aren't alcoholic want to hide out in AA meetings. There right. may be... Why would you go to... If you don't think that well, you have other, a problem with alcohol, yeah. you, you go find the, the sister program. Or there's other programs. Yeah, because right? there's, there's NA. There's Narcotics, Narcotics Anonymous. Anonymous. There's Heroin Anonymous. There's, yeah. but, but check this out. Heroin Anonymous and Cocaine Anonymous, guess what book they read out of? Alcoholics yeah. Anonymous. Mm. So it's be, the, the reason for all of it is mm -hmm. to have a program of recovery right. from whatever you're suffering from. Mm -hmm. Had there been people that were putting a block against me and connecting to, to the 12-step community, it wouldn't, I would have been robbed of the opportunity to pronounce myself an alcoholic or an addict. Mm -hmm. Now, also in that organization, there's a thing called the 12 traditions. They have the 12 steps that the people, 12 traditions. One of the traditions is that you're not supposed to break is that you're not supposed to go on camera or on film mm. and say, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. But you can go like on your Facebook wall and say, I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic in recovery and I'm here to help you if you need it. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. That's right. not breaking the tradition of that particular organization. But again, a lot of people get shot down. You you are ruining your own anonymity. People can people can choose to stay anonymous, which many people can. As long as you're not ruining other people's anonymity, you can speak openly about it. As far as following the tradition, if you, right. if, if you don't need to go and say, I'm an alcoholic anonymous, and break that tradition. So, But my point is this, is that there's help out there. Yeah. And yeah. it comes in the form of 12-step meetings. Mm -hmm. And a majority of people that go to treatment that are going to treatment centers are being sent to those 12-step meetings. Mm. And some of them may be on the fence. Some of them may not be sure. Some of them are trying to figure out if they're an alcoholic. Some of them really aren't. They're not real alcoholics. So they'll eventually find, if, if they're actually led by people and maybe that organization or their, their counseling staff or the clinical team are into the hands of the right people, then they don't have to... You know, it, It's not like they... They won't have a, a, a place to go and get the recovery that they need. They just need to find the, the respective place that will more cater to what their issue is. But at the end of the day, the issue isn't the alcohol or the drugs. Mm. That's the solution. Right? Okay. So me personally, like my, my hang up for the longest time with some of those organizations was this. I didn't drink that much. At least I thought I didn't. But mm -hmm. when I came to terms with how much I did drink when I drank, I was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. But only I could tell myself that. I can't. Uh. I can't uh, go off of what other people are telling me. So yeah, alcohol, I know that I did a lot of unsafe things while drinking alcohol. 
I would get into fights mm -hmm. that were often violent. And I would have friends that would get into fights that were breaking beer bottles, you know, and trying to like break down on somebody's face. That's as a result of alcohol. So this whole sociable thing that we do to go out and have a few drinks and enjoy ourselves that turns into a complete nightmare by the end of the night where the police are not, like notified and we're kicked out or 86 from a club. This is a result of alcohol. Mm -hmm. And then you mix it up with other stuff. Like these days, people don't just drink. No. They don't, I mean, people like to do alcohol with cocaine. People like to do sure. alcohol with meth because you, you have the, the depressant, the, the alcohol. Cough syrup. Yeah, <laughs> and the stimulant, and you mix the two yeah. of them. You can drink all sure. night long, right? Yeah. And really get the, the true effect that's produced by alcohol and methamphetamine or cocaine, whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, uh, thanks for covering that. That was, that was awesome. I and mean, mm -hmm. the, the point of, of self-reflection is so important in lasting I, I just know that th here, this is what I wanted to add to all this, is that the fact of the matter is that, is that alcohol is readily available and accessible, and anyone can get it anywhere at any time. Even if you're underage. Like, it's mm -hmm. not a problem. And you ask yeah. your older brother or one of your friend's brothers or whatever sure. to go get you some alcohol and they, they have an ID and they go get it. Sure. If alcohol becomes a problem for you, if you, you can come to terms with your own self and think, you know what? Crashed a few cars, got two DUIs. This is becoming a problem. That's up to you. That's mm -hmm. up to the individual to, to actually know, I have a problem here. I need to address the issue. What do I need to do? Do I need to go to treatment? Because I can't stop drinking. Because yeah. once you start, you can't stop. This thing, you know, some people have this this idea that it's easy to stop drinking. Like, why just why don't you just stop drinking? Because some people don't know how. Mm -hmm. Once you, they're they want to drink, they love the effect that they know it's going to take the edge off, or they're they're just making these agreements with themselves within themselves, saying I'm I'm going to stop. Like next week I'll stop, or tomorrow I'll stop. But today I'm just going to have a few. Yeah, you know. Well, that's the, I want to use that as a segue. So if, if anyone is thinking that they are struggling with alcohol abuse or they have a loved one that is, you can always reach out to us at Beginnings or you can reach out to Pej personally. Um, do you want to give your, your contact info? Sure. If you ever have a problem with drugs, alcohol, you need any kind of help, and this is, you know, for any reason, if you know somebody that's struggling and they need an intervention, call me at 949-751-7761 and I'll try to help you to the best of my ability. He's a great guy. Um, so we also have a lot of other amazing resources online if you're not ready to... Isn't there a Facebook to, page that we have? There's, there's a ton of stuff. What's we got, that Facebook we got, page? We got the Ask an Addiction Specialist okay. page, uh, which is amazing. You can just search is that on for Facebook? Ask an Addiction Specialist. It is on Facebook. Okay, how do you, how do you find it? Uh, it's in the description of wherever you're watching or listening to this, but you can also just go to the Facebook search, type in Ask an Addiction Specialist. You can request to join. We'll accept you. It's an amazing community connecting um, individuals, parents, loved ones, etc. with actual addiction professionals that um, can answer your questions. We do live streams in there just like this with different addiction specialist dr bob weathers is in there uh constantly another um, dr bob answering questions helping people out it's just a, a genuine helpful resource online that you can get some more information about any substance abuse alcohol abuse um, for yourself or for a loved one we're also um, you can listen to this podcast uh, leave us a review if you enjoyed it if you didn't uh, don't leave a review um just kidding uh, but we're on uh, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, 
Facebook, Instagram, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you listen or watch podcasts. We are on there and we're always looking for your support. If you'd like to share your, uh, your story and experience with our audience uh, and with us, we would love to talk with you, bring you on. My last addiction. Go ahead. Good. Pump those mints in. Yes. <laughs> Keep going. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. That's all you got. If you need help with addiction, you can always contact Pej or Beginnings Treatment Centers. That's the whole reason why we do this. Uh, the YouTube channel has hundreds, literally hundreds of videos with different experts. Pej talks about a ton of different content on there, individual drugs, what it's like to detox off those drugs, what it's like to feel the effects of those drugs. Pretty much anything that you want to know about addiction, we are trying to cover uh, and help you with. So if you have any suggestions on something too, we'd be happy to create that. That's right. Until next time, friends. So grind out. <laughs>